Amen. Good morning, Impact City. Good morning. It's so good to see you. Thank you, worship team. Please take your seats. All right. It's truly my privilege to welcome you today. I'm so glad that you made time to be here. We have something uh, exciting planned for you and hope you can join us here in the next just little while. Um, it's, it's my privilege to be able to continue part two of this series that is entitled Life to the Full, um, what will be known as our growth track moving forward. So we're going to look at one scripture, or two, I'm sorry, two verses of scripture, and it's in Ephesians chapter one. If you have the version app, you can go uh, there and see all the the main points that we'll be highlighting this morning, but it's in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 18. It'll be on the screen. It says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Amen. Last week, we did an overview of the four steps of our spiritual journey and really focused on the first two steps, which is knowing God and finding freedom. Knowing God is paramount and we can't do anything else. We cannot do anything else without knowing him. Knowing him allows us to be able to move into finding freedom and being able to really let go of the things of the past, the things that have weighed us down, uh, you know, that heaviness uh, known as depression that sometimes comes to us and be able to put all that aside and, and trade it for what God has in store for us. So today we're going to focus on the last two steps, which is discovering your purpose and, and make a difference. And I'm going to go through it as quickly as I can. It was brought to my attention um, that last week's message was at one hour. And somebody said, uh, I always see it. It says like 47 minutes. This one said 1.00. And all I had to say is, you remember back in January when I was only preaching 20 minutes? I made up for that time, okay? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really go through this quickly, but I want to make sure that I do it justice, okay? But I promise we'll, I'll go through it as quickly as I can. Um, so discovering your purpose and making a difference. So let's quickly recap. And when I say quickly, I mean quickly. We learned that uh, the studies show that 87% of Christians go through their life not knowing what their purpose is, what their unique contribution to their local church. And the Bible describes this in 1 Corinthians, that we are the body of Christ and that as each member uh, is essential to the body, you are essential to the body of Christ. I told the prayer huddle this morning that I, I faced something I had never faced this past week or the last few weeks. I, I, my left arm started going numb. My left foot started going numb. I felt some tingling on my right side, on my left side, and I was praying, oh God, please don't let me have a stroke. 
went to the doctor, did everything that I needed to do, found out that it was a nerve, something that was just so messed up on the inside of my back, the chiropractor couldn't even take care of it, um, truly, because it was just that knotted up. Why is that important? Why am I saying that? Because something that you cannot see is causing so much havoc in my body right now. Um, and, and it is so essential that everything be in order. Some of us in this place work behind the scenes and we thrive in that. And that is so important because if you know your part, you're able to come together and we're able to do the work that God has called us to do according to his purpose here. So what you do, all, I say all that to say is what you do matters and your gifts matter and your talents matter and the skills that you have. There's nobody else like you. And God has brought you to this purpose, not to this place, not by coincidence and not by happenstance, but he brought you here because you have something to contribute to the body of Christ here in this church. We all have a different function. And I mentioned that if 87% of our body does not know what it is doing, it would probably be dead or it would not be functioning very well. It would not be functioning very well. And perhaps the church does not function the way it should. Could it be that we're not thriving? Could it be that we are not experiencing all that God has for us? Could it be that we are not tapping into our complete potential? Could it be that we're not helping people the way we should because we have not found the unique contribution that you play in this right here? Psalms 139 says that all the days that are ordained for you are written in God's book before it came to be. God has a specific plan for your life. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he takes every experience, that he takes every bit about you, and that he makes it work together. The fearful parts, the wonderful parts, he brings them together, and he has a purpose, and he has a plan for your life. And you say, well, how do I discover that? How do I get there? Well, guess what? I want to start that conversation with you today, and we'll build on it as we go through this journey. I want to start this conversation with you and help you identify your purpose help you identify your gifts, your unique personality, and everything that God has in store for you. Because once you know the body part and you know where to connect, we're able to come together and, and make a difference. Amen? Make a difference. So here's the goal today. We're going to have a great time and build off of what we started last week. We're going to go into what is known. This is going to be our growth track moving forward. And it is about finding our gifts. It's about finding our talents. What in the world was I put here on earth for? And then using those to make a difference. So the first thing that I want to let you know is that you have a gift. You have a gift. Your gifts and passions are important. Your gifts and passions are important. And it's important that we align ourselves. I'm, I'm excited to announce that we are starting our teams over come January. So what does that mean? That if you currently serve on a team, you can absolutely, and I encourage you to sign up for that team again, if that is where you feel your purpose is. But what I, the reason why we're doing this is because maybe you stepped in in a season where you just are, wanted to fill a need. It's not about filling a need. It's about fulfilling our purpose. Amen. It's not about finding or just filling a need. It's fulfilling our purpose. You can absolutely sign up for the same team that you were on. But at the same time, if you say, you know what, I, I think I could be better aligned here. Um, 
That's where we want you to plug in. We want everyone in this place to plug in. So in fact, Ephesians says that each of us have a gift that God gave to us. The word gift in this, in this word, in the Greek, in the original language is the word charis, which means charismatic. And some people say, I don't, I don't like that word, charismatic. I don't want to be charismatic. It doesn't mean that you're crazy in church. It doesn't mean uh, anything like that. It just means that you know what you were called to do and you operate in that. It means divine enablement. In other words, it's something that you are designed to do. And when you couple it with the purpose that God has for you, incredible things begin to happen. First of all, it's easy for you. It's easy for you. How do you know if that's your gift? It's easy for you. It comes natural. You, you find fulfillment in that. You, you tell yourself, I was made for this. I was created for this. It's that thing that you do that causes you to smile while you're doing it. It's that thing that you do that brings joy on the inside when you do it. So second, your gifts impact people's lives. So not only does it bring fulfillment to you, but it impacts and it has the ability to change someone else and make an eternal difference. And this leaves us with the word fulfilled. We're fulfilled. So we want you to discover your life's purpose today by discovering your cherish, your divine enablement, your God-given ability, and that you would come together and you would be able to flourish in what God has called you to do. Because it is hard to make a difference if you don't know what role you play. It's hard for you to make a difference if you don't know the specific calling that is upon your life. So that is what today is all about. Let's go. Let's head in that direction. And it is my responsibility. I have that ownership to help you discover what that is, to equip you, and to be able to fulfill what God has called you to do. That is the goal, that every one of us make a difference in the lives of others. Can I get a good amen right there? That every single one of us would make a difference in the life of someone else. So that's what we're going to do today because I believe God put those talents there for a reason. God put those talents there for a reason. And I believe that one of the best things for you and honestly for us too is for us to be involved in that area that you are passionate about, that you are gifted in so that you can find fulfillment in doing so. So we all have these different types of callings that, that have been placed on our lives that are outside of ministry sometimes. So we're going to look at a few things. One of the most important things is your life experience. What does that mean? Look at what Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says. So here's what I want you to do. He says, God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. I believe that you have learned some things in your life experience that you can bring to church and make a difference. So in other words, some of you guys in this place are really good technically and perhaps you need to get involved in the production team. And get on behind one of our cameras. Some of you guys just love kids and are good with kids and have that, that knack to be able to connect with them. You need to serve in our kids ministry. There's, there's incredible opportunities for it. So you may want to get involved in those areas. Follow your life experience. What it, align that 
with what you want to do. Some of us in this place are administrative and organizational, and some of us are already thinking how we could organize some things in the parking lot to be able to be uh, better and to be more efficient. So I really want you to think about your life experience and what you bring to the table. And by the way, let me stop right there and say that every one of you has something that God can use. Every single one of you. Every single one of you is good at something. And, and maybe you're, you're looking at me and saying, well, the only thing I can do is, is knit or, or quilt. And you're, you're thinking, how can I use that in, in God's work? Well, let me tell you how you could use that. You may open a quilting small group, a knitting small group, and I bet there are several young women who would love to sit at your house and learn about this incredible craft, and that the, those ladies, so imagine this happening with me, the ladies would sit around and they're going to talk, and they're going to share their problems with you, and you will have the opportunity to help them walk through these problems. You can pray for them, you can minister to them, and you can share your own life experience to be able to impact somebody else's life. God can use every single one of us if we just take what we have, what we know, and place it in his hands. So the the third thing that I want you to look at is, number one, we all have gifts. Number two, your life experience is something that many people disqualify themselves from serving because of this. Let me tell you, no one is disqualified. It doesn't matter what you've been told. No one is disqualified. God can use even the bad parts of your life. Amen? Somebody, God can use the bad parts of your life. I'm talking about the pain. The pain. Second Corinthians says this, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father. He is the source of all comfort. He comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort others that when they are troubled, we will be able to give them. Are you catching this? The same comfort God has given us. I'm going to read that one more time. He comforts us in all of our troubles. <clears throat> So that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. I don't know if you have realized this, but if you look at yourself today and say, well, let me, you tell me about gifts and talents and, and you say, but pastor, I've got some baggage. I've got problems. I've got issues. You probably don't even want to use me. Maybe you're thinking about that and you're disqualifying yourself right now from being on our dream team because of those issues. Listen to me for just a few moments and trust me on this. The person who needs ministry would rather hear from someone who's been through some stuff than, than, and, and been able to experience freedom because of the life experiences that they have from that same thing. What am I talking about? God can use anything in your past that you think may have disqualified you from stepping up and serving. Maybe you've struggled with drug addiction or alcoholism, God, and you've been able to overcome that. God can help you, and God can use you to help someone who's going through that right now. In fact, they would rather hear it from you than, than hear it from me. I promise you, God wants to use your life and your pain. Amen. Your pain to help others. So let me give you this big picture before we move on. And this is the phrase that I love to talk about, that your design reveals your destiny. Your design reveals your destiny. I, I'm grateful that God will take everything in my life and in your life and work it together for good. That, that what 
people meant for evil, God can turn and make it good. Amen. God can use you in your hurt, in your frustration, in your pain, in your loneliness, in your sorrow, through your tears. God can use you to be able to share that when you run through, run across someone who's going through something, you'll be able to share, hey, I went through that. And the same God that saved me and the same God that healed me and the same God that delivered me will deliver you also because you've been there and God comforted you through it. You'll be able to comfort others. Amen. Design. Amen. Design reveals your destiny. So how you're made points to what God wants to do in your life. I'm going to show you one verse of scripture. Psalms 139, 13 says, you made all of the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. In other words, your emotions, your passions, your calling. I don't want you to discount any of those. I I want you to think and I want you to capture this, that that's the way God created you. uh, And he created you like that to be able to be able to utilize what you have to be able to share with someone else. To be able to share with someone else. We need the full body of Christ. Not just part of it. We need the full body of Christ. David says this. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. And how well I know it. One translation says I know it full well. And can I stop right there and tell you that's the problem that many of us get stuck in. We don't know it full well. We don't know why God called us. We know he did, but we have trouble and we get stuck in being able to find our purpose. That's what we want to change today. Let's discover those gifts. John 14, 12 says, Verily, truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Jesus is telling his followers, he says, What I did, you're going to be able to do, and even greater works. We are the hands and feet of Jesus here on the earth, and we have that purpose. So now that we know God and we know that he has created us to contribute, now that we know the gifts that he, now that we're going to find out, should I say, the gifts and, and discover this, we're able to know how we can contribute to the body of Christ by knowing how you are designed, your life experiences, your pain, you can truly embrace your calling and maximize it for God's purpose in your life. But the the issue is each of us still has a uniqueness that we are not complete until you come and bring it to the table. Know that God created you with a purpose and that there is no mistake in your creation. That you're not here by accident. Remember, the Bible says you're fearfully and you're wonderfully made. You need to find a place where you're gifting and your skills and your abilities can be used for God's glory. Around here, we want you to connect with, some, with something that you love and not feel pressured to fill a need. Can I say that one more time? We want you to connect with something you love and not feel the pressure to simply fill a need. What can happen to us in ministry is that we try and we try And we try to do that which we are not designed to do. And you don't find fulfillment in that. 
That's why I want to start this conversation to, because I care enough about you to say, let's, let's hone in on what God has given us and let's be able to use that. Let's be able to use that. Some of us in this place love people, love interacting with people, but you, some, sometimes you end up behind the scenes organizing something rather than being with what you like to do, connecting with people. Maybe right now, if you serve behind a camera, but you love people, maybe you need to be a greeter. Maybe you need to be an usher and vice versa. Look at what God has called you to do. Some of us in this, in this place really like getting our hands dirty and making something, but you show up to serve. And what is asked of you is to sit with a group of people. And that really doesn't line up with what God has called you to do. You rather work on a project. Amen. We, we have several projects coming up that, that you can get involved in. The reason I mentioned this is because if you're feeling unfulfilled, it's time to evaluate and say, where do I, where is my calling? Where do I fit in? And this can often lead to a form of guilt that we just serve in an area that we have to do. But can I tell you, we don't have to do this. We get to do this. We get to serve God and serve his people. We get to love God and love people. I can't think of anything greater in this world to do than those two things right there. You matter. And we want you to be where you're designed to be. Have you ever met someone and said, maybe you should do something else? Like anything else. If that's the way you're feeling today, it's time to reconnect to some things. So let's, let's talk about that for just a few more minutes. I got 18 minutes and I will close. God deposits in us spiritual gifts and they are for edification. So when we talk about spiritual gifts that we'll be talking about in the future, we're talking about gifts that God has placed and given to us according to the scriptures that are for edification. But for many of us in this place, serving on a team is the best next step to be able to move in that direction and to serve where we are gifted because you will be most effective when you are there. So why is this important? Because your personality and your spiritual gifts come together and they matter to God and they matter to the church. And if we truly believe that design equals destiny. And at Impact City, there are so many of you where you can use your God-given personality and your gifts to make a difference. So over the next few days, I want you to be praying about this. I want you to be over the next few weeks, I want you to pray about what that next step looks like for you. Maybe you've never been involved and you've never served. Today is the day that you can take a step in that direction to put what you have in God's hands. I can't say that enough. Whatever it is, joining the team, leading a small group, be involved in outreach projects in the events that we have coming up and it's going to be awesome. So there's a few phrases that I want to talk about. The first one goes like this. I want to make a difference. This is something that we need to tell ourselves. I want to make a difference. What we really believe is that God has already hardwired us for this. And I want to make a difference because this is the way I'm wired. So it's not something that we're talking you into. It's not something that we're coercing you. I'm not trying to be persuasive. I'm trying to tell you there is a fulfillment that only comes 
until when we are able to find what God has called us to do. You'll never be satisfied or fulfilled until you do so. Why do you think you have people in, that you see in the celebrity world that have all sorts of stuff, yet they're not happy because they're not aligning their talents and their skills with what God has called them to do? And until we get there, we will just live a life of wandering and moving from one thing to the other. Here's what the scripture says. God saved us and he called you to do his holy work. So it's about finding Jesus. But after you find Jesus, it's about the holy work that he has called us to do. In other words, he says, God put it in us. It was his idea. It was his idea. He created you for that, a gift prepared for you, the skills that you have. It goes on to say Jesus long before we knew anything about it. So it's always been there. So today we want to help you tap into that. Part of discovering that is this step right here of making a difference. But I just don't want you to make a difference. I want you to do something that you love and make a difference. Just being nice or just being helpful Sometimes it's not enough. We, we want to do something that lasts for an eternity. And I think you already know this. That we build our treasures in heaven. But let me point this out to you. That is noted in scripture. I think you already know this. But when we get to heaven, there is one judgment. There's, I'm sorry, there is not one judgment. There are two judgments. And I want to tell you about them briefly. The, the first which determines our eternal existence is this. It's called the great white throne judgment. You may have heard of this. And this judgment really has a question, and I'm paraphrasing here, that, that goes something like this. What did you decide to do w with your life when you committed it to Jesus? What did you do with the one who was sent to pay for your sins? And the, the answer is, I gave my life to him. So in other words, heaven is not determined by works. We get to spend eternity because of the finished work of Jesus. Amen. What I'm telling you here today about serving, it's not so you can go to heaven. Jesus paid the price for us to go to heaven. And can I stop and say that we don't believe in second class Christians. We don't believe in second-class Christians in the sense of my, we're not, I'm not better than you and you're not better than me. We are all equal. We are all bought with the same blood. Amen. We, our skills, your gifts and your talents don't make you better or less than anyone else. What you do or what you don't do doesn't make you less than anybody else. Here we are a body in Christ. And every single, if you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you accepted him, you are a first-class Christian. Because of the work of Jesus and nothing else. But let me tell you, that is... That's the great white throne judgment. Heaven is not determined by your works. So if you never decide to get on the dream team because you accepted Jesus, that's all that matters. He paid it all. It's not by works. But there's a second judgment. And, and it's, judgment sounds like a bad word, right? It's a harsh word. But it, what it really is, it's like an award ceremony. And you talk about, man, that's a crown. You, have you ever heard the, the term, that's a crown, uh, that's a jewel for your crown in heaven? Uh, when we talk about what we did for, for God. So it's really a time where we're going to 
be before him, and it's called the judgment seat of Christ, but it really is an award ceremony, and I'll tell you why. It's where Jesus is going to give awards for the way people live their life. You think, well, I don't know if I want him to do that. Well, this is his show, and he gets to choose. Amen. It's already written in Scripture. He's going to bless you for the life that you lived. So in other words, as you jump on the dream team, it's important because now you are doing something in your life that you will be rewarded for one day. Well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. First Corinthians says that anyone who builds on this foundation, the foundation of Christianity, whether it be gold, silver, Jewels, wood, hay, or straw, whatever you have, your commodity, you have something to use. It could be your personality, your skill set, it could be your money, it could be all of that, that that we can put in the hands of Jesus and say, you know what, I want to make a difference in this life. Yes, I have accepted him as my Lord and Savior, but I also want to do something on this life that impacts others, that makes a change, and that makes a difference. And the Bible says that the work survives. That's the key line that it survives. It means it shows up in heaven. In other words, if you were nice, but you were nice in Jesus' name and people found Jesus because of it. Are you following me this morning? I'm not just nice to people, but I'm nice to you. And because people can see Jesus through me and because people can see Jesus through you and through you and through you, that right there is a fulfillment and that is a promise from him. If you fed somebody, but fed somebody in Jesus' name. So in other words, we are here. All that to say is we're here to make a difference, not just here on earth, but for eternal purposes. That everything we do, we are doing for the hope. We are doing for the hope of leading people to Jesus. That my words, that my actions, that everything that I do lead people to Jesus. The Bible says that the builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, if you live your life and your life did not do anything for eternity, the Bible says that the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved. In other words, you will still go to heaven, but like someone barely escaping because we didn't do anything here on earth. What, what am I trying to tell you here? That there is an opportunity for us to get involved and make a difference and that people can see Jesus through me. That's what it is. Don't, doesn't your life, don't you want your life to be a good billboard for Jesus? Don't you want to lead people to Jesus because of a handshake, because of the way you greeted them when they got off their car and that they could feel the love of Jesus as you just talked to them and connected to them and let them know that as they walk through those doors that they matter, that everyone here matters, that, that I'm here to pray for you, I'm here to care for you, I'm here to love on you, I'm here to serve you. What I do here on earth matters. Amen. So what's the motivation? The motivation is I want to make a difference. I want to make a difference. We are the body. And Ecclesiastes says that two are better than one. In other, one, in other words, one plus one does not equal two. One plus one equals more than that because together we come and we make a difference. So these are just some important principles. And the last thing that I'm going to do is just share the last four core values that I promise I can do it quickly. Number one, we love God. So what does it mean to get on a dream team? What does it mean to serve? We love God. 
the first value that we embrace that allows us to be effective in our difference making is that it all originates with a passion for Jesus. Ministry is the overflow of my relationship with God. I can't just work for him. I have to walk with him. Amen. There has to be a relationship there. It's not just bringing them me. It's about bringing them the love of God that is inside of each of us. In, in Acts chapter 4, it says, When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. In other words, they, they really didn't have that many talents, but they were still as astonished by these two disciples, and they took note that they had been with Jesus. They took note. Just in their conversation, they said, they've been with Jesus. Let that be said of our life. I don't know anything about you, but I know I see Jesus in your life. That they, ran, that they could run into us at HEB or Walmart or wherever you go, and that they say, there's just something different about you. It's because we love Jesus. We love God. Develop a closeness with him because it really matters how I live because people are watching our lives. Don't let that put any pressure on you. It's just very important that as we step in, that our lives, our lives matter. Our lives matter. We love God. The second thing is we, we love people. We love people. So it's not just enough to love God. We have to love people also. Jesus calls together his disciples and he says this, you know, there are those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles and they lorded over people. They exercise authority over people. And I love that little phrase that Jesus said, but, but not you. In other words, if, if you get on the dream team, it doesn't mean that you're the boss now. The Bible says this, whoever wants to become great among you must become a servant. And whoever wants to be first, become a slave of all. What does that mean? For Jesus said this, for even the son of man did not come to be served. But the Bible says that he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So how do we love people? We, be a, we become servants. We put others before ourselves. I'm here to take care of you. And then we decide to be a team player. So I'm not going to be the Lone Ranger. It's about all of us together. I'm going to join with others. If I could have some music just to close up. So even the different dream teamers serve each other and we get involved in serving just be real be authentic be genuine as you talk to people love god love people and the third thing is that we pursue excellence we pursue excellence whatever you do the bible says do it as unto the lord Whatever we do, I'm going to do it for, with excellence because he is excellent. David said, oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We love God, we love people, and then we pursue excellence. So this is what it means to serve. That means if I put my hand on it, 
I want to do it well because it's going to reflect what is inside of me. We want to do a few things well and not just stretch ourselves too thin. We're launching new teams, but within reason to be able to do those things well. I love what Jesus said in Mark chapter seven. They were overwhelmed and with amazement because Jesus did everything so well. Do people say that about me? Do people say that about you? That are they overwhelmed with amazement? Because what we do for him, we do so well. Can I appeal to your heart today that he deserves the very best of us? That he deserves the very best. He deserves to be put first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That he deserves the first in our schedule. That he deserves, that when we talk about, I, talk, I mentioned it last Sunday, the tithing. It's not about that, God, that certain percentage. It's about setting aside the first part of our fruits because he deserves it. It's about putting him first. That he deserves it. We do things well. We leave it better than what it was before we got there. And it's about taking initiative. That if we find a hurt, we heal it. We don't wait for someone to just tell us, hey, there's a need, there's a spill there. I'm going to clean that up. We take the initiative. It's a principle of excellence. Jesus said that it's going the extra mile. So if they ask you to walk one mile, go with them two miles. Again, we give more than what they are expecting. That we love God. I'm passionate about Jesus. And I want that to, to be able to be evident in the way I love people and the way I pursue excellence. And this is the very last one. Are you proud of me? I got two minutes and 37 seconds. We choose joy. We choose joy. Look what Paul says. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything i think about it in isaiah when he says that we will have a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that there is a lot of heaviness here on earth that there is a lot of heaviness all around us and i think i think about about it this way that when when people pull into our parking lots and that they experience you and that they come into contact with you that they experience god and i think that it's really important that we be people of joy I'm not saying people of perfection because we'll never be perfect, but I'm saying people of joy that when, when people come in here with, with their marriage that is hanging in the balance and that I'm able to hug them and pray with them, that they experience God. Not because I had everything together in my life, but because I made a decision that, that this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will have a good attitude. I will choose joy. I mean that people come in here with their problems and their pain. They've had a horrible week. They've had all sorts of issues that wherever that they are at, that we would meet them there, meet them there and tell them Jesus loves you just like that. He changed my life when I was nothing and I was headed down on a spiral downhill. He changed my life and he can change yours also. 
He can change yours also. I love the way the Apostle Paul said, sorrowful yet always rejoicing. In other words, he didn't feel like having joy, but he chose joy. He didn't feel like it because sometimes, can I just tell you, it's hard to feel some things. And if we base everything on emotions, man, we won't accomplish a whole lot of things. But I have to make a decision. He says, I'm poor, yet I'm making many rich. I have nothing, yet I possess everything. He made a choice. He made a choice to choose joy made a choice to choose joy so let me tell you this be enjoyable in other words you choose it take responsibility for the room what does that mean that means you take initiative when you walk into the room if you read the room and if you say i'm going to be the happiest person in this room i'm going to be the the the, the person that's smiling the most, I'm gonna be the most encouraging person in this room, be positive. When someone tells you, man, I'm really struggling. Yes, I understand life. It, Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And as I have overcome, you shall also, that I can share that with someone that's going through a dark moment. And then for them to feel the encouragement that comes from God's word and that is derived from his presence, to, to be able to tell you, you know what? It's gonna be okay. It's going to be okay. It may not be perfect right now, but it's going to be okay because God works together all things for good for them that love him. Be hopeful, be positive. And the last thing is to be loyal. We stand with each other. We stand with our church and we stand with other dream teamers. There is no gossip. There are no negative things. No, 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 no. We come together. We stand by each other through thick and thin so I want to personally invite you. I want to personally invite you to join the dream team. It will change your life. And I would love for you to be a part of it. You're going to discover that not only do you get to make an amazing contribution that shows up in heaven, but you'll be able to do it with a community of people. You'll be able to do it with people that you can do life with, people that you love, people that you can share with. And here's what I've realized, that all of us can accomplish something but we're gonna do so much more, infinitely more, when we decide to join up with the right people. And that's my hope for you today. That's my hope for you today. Dear Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for calling us, equipping us, enabling us, letting us know you. God, I'm grateful for the work that you have done in our lives. I'm grateful for the work that you have saved us. I'm grateful for the work that you did that redeemed us, that healed us, that restored us. God, and, and what we have been given by grace, let us just give freely from grace. Let us love you. Let us serve you. Lord, I pray for every person who has gone through this series and has taken this important step. You've made them. You've designed them. Let us take that next step and put it into practice. And Lord, I pray as that they do, that they would find joy and that they would make a difference. The joy and the reward of making it an eternal difference. God, I pray that your presence would cover us and that your Holy Spirit would guide us. May the body of Christ come together at Impact City Church and together let's make a difference for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.